have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil. Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Doing well? Well, my name is Adam Young. I'm the lead pastor here. I want to welcome you to Element Church. We're so excited and honored that you chose to be here to worship with us this morning. And I also want to welcome you uh, to our series, Overcomers. Uh, we're, we're looking at stories of people in the Bible who faced incredible obstacles. The kind of obstacles that make the last six months of our lives seem pretty silly and petty. Uh, who faced enormous obstacles in life, but through God, through their faith in God, through their trust in God, were overcomers. Uh, as, as the scripture in that uh, video stated, uh, Jesus said these things to his disciples, and he says these things to them just hours before he's about to be arrested, betrayed, and crucified. And he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation or trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And it's through our faith and trust in Christ uh, that you and I can be overcomers in life. Now we've been on a long journey through this series as we've looked at a number of individuals. And we've been walking through uh, not only stories in the Bible, but we've actually been going in kind of chronological order, uh, picking stories along as we go. Now if you've been with Element Church for a while, earlier this year, uh, we did a series called The Grand Narrative, if you remember that. Uh, if you weren't here for that, or maybe you only caught parts of that, um, all of those messages are available online on our website. And what we did is we broke up the entire Bible into seven sections. And we went through systematically, section by section, covering the story of the Bible to show how the Bible, although there's 66 books, it was written by more than 40 authors in three different languages on three different continents, over a period of about 1,500 years, it actually tells one great grand story. And so as we walked through this story, uh, we highlighted several things. And we began with creation. That in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you and I, as his supreme objects of creation, as the pinnacle of his creative acts, were created to reflect his glory, to give him honor and praise and worship and allegiance as our creator. But as we learned in the second part that we titled The Fall, that Adam and Eve, as representatives of you and I, because we've done the same thing in our life, um, decided instead of giving the, the glory and honor and praise that rightly belongs to God, our Creator, we decided we wanted to be God. We wanted to be God in our own life. And so we turned the glory and the allegiance and the worship and the honor and the obedience that is rightly due our Creator, and we gave it to ourselves, which fractured our relationship with our Creator. But God didn't leave us to our own devices in the next section that we called covenant, God made a covenant with his creation, with human beings to say, one day I'm going to restore all that I originally created you for. And I'm going to use you to help bring that about. And so God began creating covenant relationships with people um, to, to, to lead the charge in bringing back and restoring what had been lost. But the reality is that we were never capable of fully bringing it back though a lot of people have tried and in the next section that we titled kingdom uh, the Israelites tried their best 
They tried to, in their own power, create a kingdom that would bring about all that God had designed for creation and for humanity. But as we saw, things went terribly wrong. And the kingdom only lasted for a few generations before it was torn apart by fighting and civil war. Um, before, uh, once again, as we all tend to do in our lives, turn the allegiance that we owe God back to ourselves. And that happened in the kingdom as well. And then in the next part of the story, of the great story of the Bible, we see the Savior appear to do on our behalf what you and I could not do for ourselves. And that Jesus paid the price for our cosmic treason. When we give our, the glory that rightly belongs to God to anyone or anything else, we've essentially committed cosmic treason. And, and Jesus came to pay the penalty for that for us. And then through what Jesus did, he created a new movement that we labeled the church in the part of this story where God begins once again working through his people, his creation, to bring about his desire and his plan for us. But recognizing that even you and I are imperfect and not able to fully bring it in, uh, in light, to bring it into reality, one day God is going to return with a new creation, to finish what he started. And so we walk through this story, and as we've been doing this uh, message series, Overcomers, we've been walking through a lot of these same pieces and looking at individuals uh, who lived different, different, during different uh, eras of time and how they were overcomers. We've talked about Joseph uh, and how he trusted God even when everything seemed like it was all hopeless. We talked about Ruth, who said, I will choose faith over fear. We talked about Elijah and his willingness to follow God no matter what. Two weeks ago, Cameron came and preached uh, on a story of Naaman, a, a guy who, uh, by all accounts, shouldn't have expected God to do anything in his life. But as Cameron taught us, what we are called to do, instead of just question why, is to submit and apply. And that even those who aren't normally expected to see God's movement in their life, God loves to show up and move. And today we're going to talk about a story uh, from a guy named Jeremiah. And Jeremiah's story takes place during the kingdom part of the story. Uh, but it's a really dark time in history. So the, you, the Israelite kingdom has gone through a civil war and has been split. And you have Israel in the north and Judah in the south. They're essentially two kingdoms. And everything is going terrible for both sides for the most part. Um, there's a, a, a great power in the world at that time known as the Assyrian Empire who has conquered and destroyed much of the northern kingdom. And now there's a new power rising, uh, a, a, an empire known as the Babylonian Empire, and now they're threatening the south. Now they're threatening the kingdom of Judah. And Jeremiah finds himself sitting back and watching all of these kinds of things take place. We just sang a song about there's another in the fire. And as uh, Kyle shared, that was uh, really burst out of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who had been taken captive by the Babylonian Empire. As a matter of fact, King Nebuchadnezzar that we just read about uh, was king over the over Babylon, over the Babylonian Empire. Jeremiah was alive when Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were taken from their home 
and taken to Babylon. He watched it happen. And Jeremiah, as a prophet, speaking God's truth to his people, watches all of these things unfold. And eventually will watch as his own beloved kingdom starts to fall apart. So here's what I want us to do. We're going to pick up the story in Jeremiah chapter 1. But before we get there, um, we've been doing this all series long. And so I want you guys to participate, uh, play along here. Um, we've been working together and, and saying these phrases just to kind of speak truth over our lives. And so we're going to do it again today. And so um, we're going to say this over our lives. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. So I'm going to have you guys say this as well, but I don't want you to say it to me. I don't want you to say it generically out loud. I want you to make this a prayer in your own heart today. And so I want you to repeat after me. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And so with that, we're going to pick up the story of Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1. So we've kind of set the stage. Jeremiah has been witnessing terrible events in his life. He has watched as this beloved kingdom that that was supposed to be so tied to God and his will for for this this earth and for all of humanity just fall apart. And so we're going to pick it up in Jeremiah chapter 1. And so if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. You can open up to Jeremiah chapter 1. As Cameron mentioned earlier, if you've got your Bible app open, go to live events, click Element Church. And then all these scriptures will already be laid out for you and make it even easier for you to follow along this morning. And so we pick up the story of Jeremiah in the beginning uh, of his story. And it says this, starting in verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me, so this is from Jeremiah's perspective, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And this begins Jeremiah's calling, realizing that God has something special in store for you, for him. But here's what I want you to hear this morning. This is not just limited to Jeremiah. That before God formed you in the womb, God had a special plan for you. Now you may be sitting here this morning not knowing what that special plan is, Maybe wishing that somehow God would show up to you just like he showed up to Jeremiah and be like, hey, here is exactly my will for your life. But regardless of where you feel today, whether you know what God's purpose for your life is, before you were formed in your mother's womb, God had a plan for you and God knew you. Now let's keep on with Jeremiah's story. And then I said... Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth, for to all, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Now, um, because we uh, are in this very unique time uh, of life and in our culture and society, and we can't do kids' ministry like we would normally do, Um, I'm actually thankful to have the kids here with us. I think there's something special about us being able to worship together as family units. Now, I recognize for some of you this is much more stressful uh, and difficult than when we have kids ministry. And 
we're working with the school to be able to, to have that as soon as possible. But um, I think there's something special about being able to sit together, to worship together. But here's what, I, kids, I want you to hear me say. And if you're old enough to be able to listen to me, then, then you're old enough to hear this. God does not discount you from doing something special just because you're young. When the Lord showed up to Jeremiah and said, I have a special plan for you, Jeremiah's response was, but God, I'm too young. Now, we don't know how old Jeremiah was here. Here's the only thing we do know, is the word youth that comes from Hebrew, what it refers to as someone who is still under the care of his parents. So could he have been 10? Could he have been 17? Could he have, we don't know. But here's what we know. He was not old enough to be out on his own yet. He still relied on his parents to put a roof over his head and to put food on the table for him. God said, you are not too young for me to do something special in you and through you. Kids, God, God loves you. He knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. He had a special plan for you. And you are not too young for God to do something powerful and amazing in you and through you. So as Jeremiah comes with the obvious uh, obstacles, the obvious objections to what God has to say, he says, I can't speak, I'm too young. God says, no, 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 don't tell me any of that. And then as he gets in, God has a very interesting command for Jeremiah And he says, do not be afraid. Now, because we already read this, I would normally ask a question, be kind of a trick question and uh, to kind of throw you off. But now you're already going to know the answer. If I ask the question, what is the most common, the most frequent commandment in all of Scripture? The most common command or, or most frequent command in all of Scripture is do not be afraid. And almost every time that the Lord or one of his angels speaks this to someone and says, do not be afraid, it's followed with this, for I am with you. Or for the Lord is with you. Jeremiah, you may not know what to say. Jeremiah, you may not have the gifts you think are necessary. Jeremiah, you may think you're disqualified because of your age or your experience or what you've done or what you haven't done yet in life. But I'm telling you, don't be afraid because I'm with you. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. God says, Jeremiah, don't be afraid. Because I will be with you. Now, why would Jeremiah be afraid? Well, probably here's why. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Here's the ministry that God gives Jeremiah. God tells Jeremiah, essentially, and this plays out in his life, is, hey, I need you to speak my words to my people. I'm going to put you over 
nations and kingdoms and kings, and you're going to proclaim my truth. But it's not going to go very well. It's not going to be a pretty picture. See, what I told you earlier is the kingdom of Israel had split into two kingdoms, Israel in the north and Judah in the south. God kept using prophets like Jeremiah to say, thus says the Lord, if you will turn your hearts back to me, I will restore you back as a nation. But if you will continue to do exactly what Adam and Eve did in the garden, to give the honor and the worship and the glory that I rightly deserve to someone else, things will go bad for you. And God let the consequences in their life as a nation play out. And Jeremiah had a front row seat to see the entire nation of the north, Israel, come to destruction as the Assyrian Empire came and destroyed all that they knew and loved. God had promised protection, but they were going to have to turn their allegiance back to him. And just as Adam and Eve did in the garden, just as the Israelites did in their life, and just as you and I often do in our lives, they struggled giving the glory that was rightly due to God to him. So Jeremiah had a front row seat to this. Jeremiah had a front row seat when Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taken from their home by the Babylonians and carted off as servants and slaves of a foreign nation. And then Jeremiah watched as he continued to preach and to preach and to preach and say, turn your hearts back to God. And the nation didn't do it. This is uh, Rembrandt's uh, painting of This is uh, called Jeremiah lamenting over the destruction of Jerusalem. This is a picture of uh, at least Rembrandt's uh, take on on Jeremiah sitting and and being heartbroken over what he saw in his life. You can't really see very well in this picture, but, but Jerusalem is in the background burning. God said, I I recognize, Jeremiah, you have a lot of reasons to be afraid. What I'm asking you to do is going to be very difficult. But you need to know this, Jeremiah, when you're afraid, I'm with you. You put your trust in me. And as we continued on with the story of Jeremiah... As this section, this chapter 1 closes, and God's speaking truth to Jeremiah, he says, And I, behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. What God says is, Jeremiah, you have watched city walls be torn down. You've watched this play out in front of your eyes, but I'm going to make you a fortified city. I'm going to build you up strong. They may come against you. It may be the kings, it may be the officials, it may be the priests, it may be the people. They may come against you, but I'm with you. What God said to Jeremiah is, as we read in verses uh, 6, 7, and 8, is God said, I am sending you, Jeremiah. I'm equipping you, Jeremiah. Here he says, I'm protecting you, Jeremiah. I am with you. 
when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. I want you to say that again with me. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Let me ask you this. How many of you, you, you can raise your hand, but you don't have to because I realize this could be embarrassing. How many of you internally, you struggle memorizing scripture? It's hard for you to stay focused, to keep it in your mind. Uh, to, to, maybe you remember it for a minute and then you forget it later, right? We all struggle with that at times. Kids, how many of you get frustrated that you have to take a test in school? I can't see everyone's hand because the lights are real bright, but I'm going to guess there's a lot up. Okay. How many of you get frustrated your parents don't have to take tests? Now, some of you, your parents do, right? Like my oldest, he's 13. I've been in school about 10 of his 13 years of life because I make bad decisions and I just keep going back. But, right, so some of us do have to take tests. But, right, do you get frustrated your parents don't have to take tests? Okay, so here's the deal. I'm going to allow you to give your parents a test because a lot of your parents will say, my mind doesn't work as well as it used to. It's hard for me to memorize scripture. But oftentimes what we don't realize just how easy it is when we understand how that scripture applies to our life. When we make this declaration, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. is not some creative phrase that I decided to come up with that we could chant today. It comes directly from Psalm 56. Verse 3 says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. This is a declaration from David that when things don't go right, when all the world has turned against me, or for Jeremiah, when, when it feels like the kings and the officials and the priests and the people have all turned against me, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And so kids, here's the test you're going to give your parents. In a couple days, you're going to ask them, hey, what does Psalm 56.3 say? And you're going to hold them accountable to memorizing this verse. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. And parents, your kids don't get off the hook either. Because when they test you, I hope you're prepared, that then you get to test them. And I'm, I'm encouraging, I'm challenging you as a family to memorize Psalm 56.3 this week. It's not long, it's not complicated, and this can be a declaration that you make over your life. This can be a declaration that you share with your kids when they wake up in the night and they're scared. This can be a declaration that you speak over your kids when they're in high school and they're facing pressures and they're scared. This is a declaration your kids can speak over you when you're facing decisions or issues, or struggles, or obstacles in life that feel too overwhelming. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And if you want to take it the next step, then you can memorize verse 4-2. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Here's a declaration that David's making. In God, I am trusting in God whose word I praise. I stand on the promises of Scripture. I stand on the promises of His word that when I'm afraid, He says to me, but I am with you. That when it feels like the world has turned their back on me or has come against me, I know that God is with me. 
I will put my trust in him because he has made the promise that he is with me. Every time, almost every instance in scripture when God or an angel says, do not be afraid, the the reasoning is because I am with you or because the Lord is with you. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. Let's say that together one more time. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. We are overcomers not because we're that great. We are overcomers not because we're that strong or that type A or that disciplined. We are overcomers because God's presence is with us. Because when we're afraid, because we face obstacles, when it looks like the world that we're watching is coming crashing down like Jeremiah did, we put our trust in him because God is with us. We are overcomers. Because we serve a God who overcomes every obstacle. That he is greater than any power that is at work in this world. We overcome because he overcomes and he's with us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for our opportunity that we have to come together to worship you, to reflect on the truth that you uh, speak in and over our lives. And we celebrate not that we are great, not that we are strong, not that we are overcomers. We celebrate that you are. That when we're thrown into the fire, that you're right there with us. Just as we sang earlier, we are not alone. And there will be times when we are afraid. There will be times when the world around us comes crashing down. There will be times again in our life when it feels like everyone around us is against us, but we will not be afraid because we will put our trust in you. Because in those moments when we feel fear, we know that you are with us. We celebrate that truth this morning. We celebrate who you are. We celebrate your presence with us. I'm going to ask you to keep your eyes closed for just a moment as we, as we close out this morning. This is uh, a, a response time that we do every week. We close with an opportunity to think about what we've heard, to think about what we've talked about, to, to respond to who God is. And this response time is an invitation to you, an invitation into worship, to worship the God who is with you, to worship the God who is there to help you overcome. And we worship and we celebrate that together this morning. And so this is our invitation to you to take a moment to stop, to think, to pray, and to reflect. To allow God to speak truth into your life. To encourage you, to challenge you, to build you up. As we meditate on that truth that when I am afraid, put my trust in you. Lord Jesus, thank you again. Thank you that we have this opportunity to come before you in worship. Would you be honored by all that we say, do, think, and sing in these moments with you?